global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pelletta. A mixed picture for stocks. A narrow range right now with the S&P up just one point. The Dow is down 13. We are brought to you by Pershing's Insight 2016, the must-attend event for advisors. Less than two weeks away, June 7th through the 9th. If you haven't registered, you still can visit insight2016.com. That's I-N-S-I-T-E 2016.com. Now, over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here he is, Bill Maloney. Good afternoon, Charlie. It's been a quiet day for the main U.S. averages. Dow is currently lower by 13 points. S&Ps are higher by a point. And Nasdaq gains 11. The small cap 600 is little changed, while the U.S. 10-year yield fell to 1.82%. Six out of 10 SP sectors are higher, led by gains in utilities, telecom, and consumer staples. Leaders to the downside included the materials, financials, and energy sectors. Dow Transports fall 12 points. Nasdaq Bitex declined 10 and the VIX is down by 1.7%. Dow leaders to the upside included Coca-Cola, Pfizer, and Apple. Apple traded back above $100 per share. DuPont, Goldman Sachs, and J.P. Morgan led to the downside. After earnings, Dollar Tree surged 13% to an all-time high. HP gained as much as 7.5%. Abercrombie fell 17%, while Tidewater dropped as much as 38% to its lowest level since 1986. After the bell tonight, look for earnings from Decker's Outdoor, GameStop, and Ulta Salon. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie. All right. Thank you very much, Bill Maloney. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, SQUAWK on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Taking a look at President Obama's visit to Japan, the Japanese Prime Minister talking about the potential for a global crisis, warning of a risk on the scale of Lehman Brothers if appropriate policies are not taken. What are those policies? What exactly is the Prime Minister referring to? That's why we have Mark Chandler. He is the Global Head of Currency Strategy for Brown Brothers Harriman, and he can be followed on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C, Making Sense. All right, Mark, make some sense for us. What is Prime Minister Shinzo Abe talking about? Thanks, Tim. I don't think he's really talking about what it sounds like he's talking about. I think what he's talking about is his own domestic issues. And what is happening is that next April, Japan is scheduled to raise the sales tax on consumption from 8% to 10%. There's a big move to push against it. And the only way Abe, Prime Minister of Japan, says he will avoid it, he will he will push it out, is if there's a Lehman-like crisis. And so, of course, he's got to warn of the risk of a Lehman-like crisis for domestic purposes, not that he's really saying we're on the verge of such a crisis. Well, you know, do you know how certain things stand out in your mind, Mark? I will never forget in 1986 when the, the consumption tax had been passed, by Japanese lawmakers, it was clear the economy was slowing down and used to sit there as a journalist or as a, you know, a trader or whatever, saying, don't do it, don't do it. And they did. And they helped push their economy over the edge. Is this another situation? And how ironic. We're what? How many years? 30 years later? Is, 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 is it possible they're about to make the same mistake if they do raise that consumption tax? Well, exactly, Kathy. And they raised it a couple of years ago. They raised it from 5% to 8%, partly because the IMF at the time was pushing them to – because Japan has the debt that makes, uh, that makes Greece almost look solvent. Uh, Japan's debt to GDP is something close to about 240%. 
And so the idea is that how is Japan going to consolidate its fiscal situation? And the idea was raise the value-added tax, which is low in Japan compared to other countries. And when they did this, the Japanese, the Japanese officials said, oh, we're going to have a small downturn. But to this, so a couple of years later, they still haven't fully recovered from that tightening of fiscal policy. Because remember what Abe was about? Abenomics was stimulating fiscal policy, uh, an unorthodox monetary policy, and which was working. The economy was growing, and then they raised the sales tax, pushed them into uh, a slower gear or even a recession. So, Mark, is this just really a way of asking Janet Yellen and the other members of the FOMC to please not raise interest rates this year? Yeah, that's kind of interesting, Tim, that they would do that. But I, I, I suspect that at the end of the day, this isn't really about U.S. policy. In fact, just the other day, the I think it was on Bloomberg News, had the story of the vice president of the ECB, a Fed rate hike. I think the Japanese would like the Fed to raise interest rates because what would that do? That would make the interest rate differential between the U.S. and Japan widen out and would attract more money to the U.S. and allow the yen to weaken after strengthening so much this year. Besides this issue of the domestic economy in Japan and what is going on. The Japanese have another big issue, and it's uh, Japan's maritime proposals and the dispute with China over some islands. This is something that never seems to really boil over into a crisis, but never seems to go away. What is it? What is what is on the table at this G7 meeting, if anything? Yeah, good question, Kathleen, because I do think that it's, the geopolitics is, is, is really first there, I think, in terms of what the Japanese are ultimately interested from the rest of the world, and that is that they need some support uh, because what's happened is that several factors are at play here, but what happened is a couple of years ago, the governor of Tokyo basically nationalized some islands, and these islands were in dispute. The Chinese, going back to the 60s and early 70s, the Chinese basically say, we have this dispute here, but let's not settle it. Let's, let's just like let, let's not address this. Let smarter people than us, I think Dao Jiping once said, let this next generation, smarter people than us, resolve this very thorny topic. But instead, the Japanese sort of, I say, uh, sort of woke the sleeping dogs by nationalizing these islands, and the Chinese could not just uh, let Japan resolve the issue by fiat. And so I know that the U.S. And look at the U.S. press release. A lot of stories about how China is building out these islands, basically doing some landfill, making these shoals and tiny islands into larger places that could be militarized with, say, say uh, uh, landing for airplanes. What's happening is many countries in East Asia are doing the same thing. The Philippines, for example, also doing this. Uh, the Vietnamese, the Taiwanese. And so I think this is a like a, a tinderbox uh, that, that could turn into something more serious if the U.S. and other countries do not hold their allies into account. Mark Chandler. Thank you so very much. Mark Chandler, he's global head of currency strategy at Brown Brothers Harriman as the G7 Heads of State Summit is taking place in Japan. Uh, the Japanese Prime Minister, Mr. Abe, talks about the possibility of a crisis like we saw with the Lehman Brothers collapse back in 2008. But as Mark points out, he's really just trying to get people fired up about the threat of a consumption tax being passed in Japan. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox, and this is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by the accountants and advisors at Eisner Amper. Cybersecurity is on the mind of every business leader. Managing your cyber risk should be, too. Get started with a cyber risk assessment. Learn more. EisnerAmper.com slash cyber risk.